Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Review of Death. A Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest-running science fiction series in the world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60-year history, which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions. This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now, I was going to say, do Louis through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? Yeah. <laughs> not um. as often as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and for the next hour we're going to be bringing you news, reviews, an interview and gaming gossip from the world of video games as presented by me, Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. And uh, yeah, uh, we are fighting technology tonight so apologies if things are a little bit rough and ready. The internet seems choppy tonight, Simon. It does. When have we ever apologised for stuff being rough and ready, though? Come on, let's be honest. That's I think that's what people have come to love and expect from us these days and for the last hundred years or however long it's been. How have you been, Steve? I have been okay, or I was okay until last Friday when I went to the dentist and it didn't go brilliantly. Uh, was just having a checkup, and then he said, "Yeah, you know what, mate? Uh, I think that wisdom tooth at the back needs to come out. Uh, you fancy what? doing it now?" And I was like, what? "Yeah, yeah, sure. Just what? get on with it. Just do it. Take them all out. Um, yeah, <laughs> just go for it, mate. You're the expert. You do it." Um, so he did, and uh, yeah, it's it's really bad. I wouldn't recommend it. It's a it's a poor experience. Um, how many? So, so, so how many did you have out? I had one out. My lower right wisdom tooth. Uh, the I had same. that on Friday, that's... and I am still feeling the effects today. That's that's the one that I've had out. Is it? I wonder if that's what happens to one life left co-presenters. <laughs> that's how you can you identify. How, how was it for you? Well, you know. I don't want to, you know, come across as being the man about this, Steve. But I found it fine. And actually, I went to work that afternoon and had a, and had a meet with Microsoft. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it was the injection. Yeah, so so when so when I mean, so I was in a different mental state. I went in to have my wisdom tooth out. Um, so that's what the appointment right. was for. So I was mentally prepared uh, and also terrified. And so um, the fact that it wasn't uh, excruciating pain and was only just a lot of pain uh, probably has clouded my recollection of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was I was fine. Uh, sorry to hear about yours. Mm. Well, the thing is, I think this is where I kind of fell for it um, because what he did was he did an X-ray and that involves jamming this kind of uh, plate into your mouth. 
Uh, and it really hurt, Simon. Like, it's proper sharp, digging into the, the floor of my mouth. And uh, I did a little cry. Just, like, no! a dignified cry. Like, no, I wasn't sobbing or anything. It was fine. But, you know, tear rolling down my cheek in the dentist's chair. And then um, made a bit of small talk. And then at the end of that, uh, he said, yeah, it looks like there's, there is an issue here. I think we're going to have to remove it. Um, and I thought, well, he's already he's already seen me cry. He's already put me through the worst pain imaginable. How bad can this get? And it was fine, the actual pro you know, the process of removing the tooth is fine, but the uh, the recovery, Simon, has not been ideal, so thank goodness for video games. What's this man's name? I'm not telling you that. I can't your get him. This isn't about retribution. <laughs> it is. I've been playing video games. <laughs> and presumably, Simon, you've been playing the same video game as me and the rest of the world. Yeah, over a million concurrent players on steam for cyberpunk um in fact there was um steam set a couple of records this week um most concurrent users uh and then um additionally uh for the first time ever there were more, there was there were more than a million people playing two games at once wow okay what was the other game uh counter-strike ah I, okay I well we should so, yeah i mean i say we should we are going to talk more about this later in the show, without a doubt. Uh, but we should get on with the show, shouldn't we? Uh, pack show this evening, In absolutely. the way we always do uh, with the news. One life left. One life left. One life left. All right, uh, what have you found for us this week? Well, obviously it was a big week for uh, games last week uh, with uh, the Cyberpunk game coming out. But also on the same day, as if that wasn't enough games, uh, Jeff Keighley, Keighley, what did we ever decide on a on an official pronunciation? Let's just call him Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff uh, popped up with his Jeffo. He popped up with his uh, game awards, didn't he? And so um, it's on far too late for uh, your boy here. Um, uh, so uh, I caught up with it in the morning, and what I thought I'd do, Steve, is just first of all ask. If you knew what was announced during the Game Awards. So I know a little bit more about what was announced than I do about the awards themselves. I have no idea who won any of the awards and honestly, genuinely could not care less because awards are, generally speaking, absolute nonsense. And I think the Game Awards has done really, really well to come from basically nowhere and declare, yep, hello, we're here now, we're the big game awards and we're called the game awards and that makes it very very clear that we are the game awards um, <laughs> and people are pretty much bought into that right they're like oh yeah the game awards those are the big ones it is all smoke and mirrors as far as i'm concerned but they've also done very very well to get big announcements attached to that i mean it is all a marketing exercise so i know a couple of the things that were announced well so just to jump back then steve do you know what <laughs> this I think potentially says more about me than it does the Game Awards. I completely forgot that it was a game. It's called the Game Awards. And I was like, okay, so what, was <laughs> what was announced? That shows how much I care about what won. But you're right. I just had to Google mm. what won the Game Awards. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What did win? Okay, Game of Game of the Year. Um, so there was do uh, the nominees: Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Shumi. Shuima? I don't know how you say that out loud. Uh, Hades, uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, uh, or The Last of Us Part 2. Which one was it, Steve? What would be your game of the year? For me, it should be um, Animal Crossing. Uh, for, I think, probably, if you were going to pick one based on <laughs> based on objective measure of how good it is, it should be Hades. Uh, I bet, I would bet money that The Last of Us Part 2 won because it's that sweet spot of um critical reception 
of blockbuster game and guys, we really, really want to be Hollywood. It's definitely that. Quite right, Steve. Your money is safe. Um, <laughs> underneath this uh, this editorial on Tech Radar, so beneath that story, though, it's now showing me how much consoles are going for on eBay. <laughs> That's 650 wow. quid. 650 quid. Okay. Um, let's not do this for all of them, but The Last of Us won. No. Best game direction. Best narrative winner was The Last of Us. It also won best art direction. Oh, no, it didn't. Sorry, best art direction was Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, yeah, n- no surprises. The Last of Us won almost everything. Um, right, yeah. Indie game winner. There was some talk about this, of course, wasn't there? So the nominees, Carrion, Fall Guys, Hades, Spelunky 2, or Spiritfarer. What would you give it to? <laughs> Mm, that's tricky. Uh, probably Hades, I, I I guess. I haven't played Hades enough to be certain of that. Um, what were the what were the others? I mean, I I guess if I had to bet something won there, I'd bet on Fall Guys. Wow, you'd be wrong. I mean, you'd give it to Hades. So it's oh, like okay. it's, it's like you're Jeff himself. Uh, <laughs> maybe you are. Um, yeah, I mean, this sort of thing I find interesting. So, best mobile game nominees Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, uh, Legends of Rune Terror, and Pokemon Cafe mm. Mix. Uh, Among Us won, but that that came out in two thousand and eighteen. So, why is it suddenly winning now? Yeah, because people care now because it's successful, and therein lies the absolute nonsense of award shows. They're there to make people happy and by people i mean the people paying for sponsorship product placement and potentially <laughs> who are going to announce big things during the show so cynical steve okay let's uh let's sweep those so points. tell me uh, <laughs> so tell me tell me who announced things during the show then simon oh i mean obviously i didn't watch it but i did see that they had uh wonder woman uh gal gadot oh uh they had others, didn't they? I didn't. Um, yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan hands something out as well. Right, did he? <laughs> but sorry, when I say who announced things, I mean <laughs> with reference to Among Us, a game from a couple of years ago, uh, winning an award this year at the show, which games companies uh, or game franchises had things to announce at this show? Okay, well, big news, obviously, first up. Master Chief was joining Fortnite. Can you imagine? Um, that's true, and that's not the only game crossover that was announced, was it? Uh, well, in order. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> um, what was there? There was something else, was there? Go on. Sephiroth from Final oh, Fantasy. Yeah. He's dropping into Smash Brothers, so uh, the kids are excited about that. Are they what all the kids who love Final Fantasy VII back in the day, back in the nineties? Uh, well, I'm sorry, Simon. It, it it may have escaped you, but Final Fantasy VII is also potentially a nominee for the Game Awards because it okay. came out this year as well, didn't it? Yeah, but does uh, Sephiroth have um, uh, the same the same status in the? Re- I mean, I don't know. I haven't played the remake, but um, I was very angry with him when I played the original PlayStation game. So, you know, to see him celebrated about appearing in another uh, franchise just made me angry because of what he did. He's got a massive sword though, hasn't he? That's what the Smash Brothers kids are excited about. Sephiroth and a six to eight feet sword. That's bigger than Cloud Strife. <laughs> is it now? Do you run the yeah, Final Fantasy is, wiki? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no, I was just rolling my eyes so hard at some of the comments I read about it that um, oh, okay. I've permanently etched that into my brain, unfortunately. Right. Uh, any other big announcements? Well, Microsoft Flight Simulator is coming to uh, Xbox Series X and S next year. That's exciting, is it, for all the console players? Uh, Cyberpunk mm-hmm. Car joined Forza Horizon. There's another crossover for you. Uh, Bioware announced Dragon Age uh, in a in what uh, Eurogamer described as a stylish new cinematic. Um, Mass Effect stuff. Oh yeah, so the one that surprised me the most was Capcom confirming an, a Ghost and Goblins remake um, on the Switch, which is coming out in February, right, okay. I believe. Yeah, and it's um, in the same spirit as the Dragon... I mean, from this is what I could deduce from the 
uh, trailer in the same spirit as the Dragon Boy remakes that, that they've done. Um, uh, new art, uh, same same game, I think. Uh, look really lovely. Um, hopefully it will come with modern bells and whistles, which will allow you to get off the first stage for the first time ever. <laughs> it is hard, isn't it? Uh, the other announcement that I heard of is that uh, Among Us announced a new map, the fourth map for their game. Uh, so it's really, you know, it's it's great, convenient that they won an award and uh, had a new thing to tell everyone about, isn't it? Fabulous. <laughs> well, it, it is interesting with Among Us, isn't it? Because the developers were originally working on a, on a sequel, but um, because it's 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 done so well this year, um, they've decided just to just to keep on on the keep supporting the original. So you know, good on them, I'd say. Good for them. Uh, right? Do we have another news story uh, that isn't cyberpunk related? Well, the UK games industry made a record three point eight four billion economic contribution in 2019 that is according to garmasutra.com uh luckily we have a guest coming up on the show who could talk about that sort of stuff couldn't he he could do and he will do (laughs) maybe we should leave that to that segment (laughs) um yeah that's a lot of money though isn't it it is. I mean, it puts the fishing industry to shame. I think I think many things put the fishing industry to shame <laughs> currently. Um, the uh, mm. the stranglehold that they've got over the whole of the country uh, is uh, is not good. No, it isn't. All right, sorry. Your turn for a new story. Well, um, a lot of the news this week has been. Um, about cyberpunk i've been impressed with eurogamer and digital foundry uh helping players like myself uh with uh, the because i'm a pc gamer now um help Mm. helping me explain uh what all the options do in the graphics setting so i can maintain a steady 60 fps stee um but uh outside of that um just the detail on that steam concurrent users uh, it was twenty four million seven hundred and seventy six thousand six hundred and thirty five players were on Steam wow. on December the twelfth. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Uh, I was not able to play it on launch day, presumably because of uh, stuff like that. But we will talk about that later in the review section. Well, I I wasn't one of them. I was over on Gog. Okay. I was over on Gog, doing it. That's where I was. So, um, you know, uh... whilst um, SteamDB is is a useful resource, it's not telling the whole story, is it? So, um, but still, you know, congratulations, Steam, on setting another record. So that's twice this year that it has broken the concurrence. Uh, the first time was during the uh, lockdown one um, in February, and now uh, it, it ends the year on a literal high. Congratulations, Steam. Do you have a Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie is not a video game adaptation. That's according to uh, director Patty Jenkins. Uh, This is a story about how Disney announced 10 Star Wars movies and spin-offs and TV shows and that sort of stuff, along with another 10 Marvel things and all sorts of nonsense the other night in an earnings call, an investor call. Um... And one of those things is, uh, is a movie called Rogue Squadron, which had all the PC gaming nerds excited, because that, of course, was a uh, video game some time ago. But it's nothing to do with it, according to VG247, and also according to the director, Patty Jenkins. Okay, do they also run through um, a larger list of other things it's not? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be... I mean, that should keep them in business for the next year, just running... <laughs> Running a list of things that Ray Squadron is 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 not, but oh yeah, just to clarify, it's it's nothing to do with video games, so don't worry about it. In fact, that's what they should just do about everything uh, that shares a name with with video games, I guess. Uh, I don't have any more news stories, Steve. 
Uh, I don't have any either. That's because the world only cares about cyberpunk. Uh, all right. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Dee. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. On Resonance 104.4 FM, we are a video game radio show. We've been going for 16 years, and in some of those 16 years, many of those 16 years, we've had brilliant guests, haven't we, Simon? We have done. I wouldn't say every year. Sometimes we've been through years where, you know, it's a bad run. But generally, in most of those years, we've had at least one brilliant guest per year. And you're on uh, guest recruitment, aren't you? It is my role, yes, if you want me to apologise. Not not for who's coming up, but for the paucity of guests that we've had over recent series. I have to say, it's all credit to Sam from Yuki, who's our guest this week, actually for filling, filling the, uh, the guest-shaped hole over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, Sam, from, Sam from Yuki, welcome. Hi there, good evening. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, you know, traditionally Joe does all the talking on behalf of Yuki and I dared to suggest that I would do this podcast and of course, or this radio show, sorry, and she instantly pipes up saying, well, why aren't I doing it? So that's, that's where you got two for the price of one. Well, it absolutely suits me because one email, two guests, <laughs> popular, popular, in, popular internet movie. Um, how are you doing, Sam? I'm very well, thank you very much. Very well indeed, yeah. Yeah, sitting here all cosied up. Very nice. Yeah, you do. And it's a shame that our guests are not treated to the visuals that we are. You've got some lovely baubles behind you. Yeah, we were quite Christmassy yesterday for a couple of things. We might get onto that later, I suppose. But um, as such, I had to put giant baubles behind my ears before uh, we came onto Zoom yesterday. So they're still there. I haven't got rid of them. I haven't got rid of them yet. Where do you get your uh, Zoom background, Sam? Well, I just went on the internet and typed in Christmas images and then plagiarised something and okay. stuck it on. Yeah, it's a very simple process. I'm not I'm not out there filming my own baubles just to say <laughs> backgrounds, if that's what you mean. Uh, tell us about your role at Yuki Sam and, and how you've been coping over this uh, extraordinary year. Yeah, uh, so I'm head of commercial membership. That's my title. It's a fairly dull title, but it means I, I'm the one that has the fun. So I have to go out and find companies that want to join Yuki as a network and then really work out what we can do to help them. And that's part of the process. You don't just bring someone in without knowing what you can do to assist them. So my job is, is helping games companies be more successful. That's a fascinating job, I have to say, because they're all different. They all have their own needs. They all perhaps think of things that they need. But uh, after a conversation with someone in my team or myself, they get a, a sense for other things that we can do to help them. And it's a very wide-ranging number of things. And it includes, one of my favourite things is the trade shows, helping games companies get to international markets. You know, the UK games market's only, what, 5 6% of the global market, so you've got to be out there selling your games internationally. And we help them do that. And I think that, um, you ask about how have I been in the last year, I think, um, you know, for someone that likes to, likes to travel, probably I would never have said that, actually, in the middle of going to all these shows. I might not have said I was enjoying it, but... Um, Going to big shows overseas is an enormous amount of fun, and there's just been none of that. You know, no fun this year. No, it's not fun. Well, <laughs> you, know, you make your own fun, and you find yeah. different things to do. But, you know, traditionally, from March onwards, I'd be, I'd be going to America in March uh, to GDC. Huge event. You'd be there as well. Probably recording this show there. Uh, we'd be, uh, I'd go to China Joy in Shanghai in, in July, August, and then go to Gamescom. All of those things are just not happening. So my job has changed somewhat. Um, but games companies still need help, don't they? So you just find different things. And we've actually increased enormously the amount of work that we've done to help UK games companies meet other publishers and investors in the UK. You find other ways of connecting these people. The money's out there. You know, companies do want to invest in the games industry. And that's part of my job to try and bring those companies together to have those conversations. 
Yeah, I've certainly missed the travel this year. Um, I've not bought any jeans in 2020. Normally, <laughs> normally I stock up in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been wearing the uh, the same old jeans as I was wearing last year. But um, yeah, it's been odd, isn't it? I, I, I've done quite a few of these uh, online events. Um, I've admired or I've enjoyed the discipline of many of them because now, you know, often uh, trade trade show meetings are uh, about uh, running from one booth to another, uh, stopping in the halls, getting um, bumping into people, etc. Opportunistic. Yeah, but yeah. Um, these online events, many of them have been running to like the effectively a, a chess clock. Yeah. And um, some of them have been quite harsh where um, yeah, if, yeah. If the uh, clock ticks down to zero, <laughs> it disappears. You're it off. does disappear. <laughs> it's really rude. Like it feels like because like, you're unable to say goodbye and stuff. But um, uh. I, I found them quite productive. Um, I've met some people that I wouldn't have met uh, this year. I've been <laughs> in inverted commas, been to countries I've never been to. Italy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did an Italian. Oh, that's because they bribed you though with some some food and drink, wasn't it? I, I, I can hang uh-huh. on heart, Sam, say uh-huh. I did not receive any food or drink. So oh, okay. uh, I was doing it out of the goodness of my... Uh, <laughs> I was doing it for my uh, professional joke. No, but it's, um, yeah, very, very different types of meetings. How, how do you think people have responded to this new way of connecting? It's funny, actually, because you're, you're totally right. The ability to get to events that perhaps wouldn't have been on your radar in the past. It's amazing. You know, we, we get invited every week from some uh, trade association partner we have around the world saying that we've got an event on can you get some UK companies there and we always try and help those companies get there and, and some of them have done deals I think the challenge is if you're looking for an investor to put money in your company there's something about meeting them face to face looking in the whites of the eyes perhaps visiting the studio you just get a greater understanding for that company when you can engage in that kind of activity doing it over a video call has been more problematic for companies to certainly to deal with people that they haven't dealt with before. Now, if you know the person already, to an extent, you're more likely to get that deal because they've got, you know, they've got money to invest and less people that they perhaps know. So if you've done a deal with someone in the past, they feel more comfortable working with you. So in some cases, that's been quite productive. Um, I guess it's different. There's, there's that leap of faith that you have to do in any deal. And that certainly has been a little bit more challenging for for some companies at the moment. But you, as you know, um, if you've got a game out in the market at the moment, you're generally doing pretty well. There's an awful lot of good, positive stories for, for games industry. And I, I heard Joe mention it last week, and she's absolutely right. Games has been a real force for good. Perhaps we've always felt that games is a really good way to keep in touch with people and connect to people. But if you just put yourself in the, the situation of perhaps a younger person who's being told they can't catch up with their friends. They'll be playing online with their friends probably at this moment in time, chatting to them. Not, you know, they'll be playing the game and enjoying the game, but the social side is incredibly important. And I'm not surprised more people have been spending more time playing games and using games devices as a, as a way of socially connecting with people. Or so if you're a Simon's son becoming a kingpin in the <laughs> underground world of Roblox. Oh, right. Oh, right. Uh... Dexter reckon that he crashed someone's Minecraft, Minecraft server last night. So, yeah, maybe, it's not, <laughs> maybe it isn't all good. Um, just jumping back to the uh, to the online meeting stuff, the thing that yeah, I've, yeah. I, I... So I, I completely agree with you. That sort of lack of uh, being able to, you know, follow up by visiting the studio or what have you has been, has been a challenge this year. The one major positive um, I found in terms of doing uh, meetings this way so I'm I'm 49, Sam. I know I don't I don't look it, but I am increasingly getting uh, m- more forgetful. And so meeting people online, you can take a screenshot of their faces <laughs> and stick it into OneNote so that you can remember what they look like next time. And I found that yeah. very very handy actually. And um, maybe I'll carry that on when we get back to physical events and just start taking pictures of people. That's a really good idea. How will they feel, though, if you sit across them at, at, on a table at Gamescom and you're just taking a photo of everyone? They'll understand. I'm, no, I'm, uh, they'll understand. I'm yeah. 49. <laughs> but <laughs> but you are right about um, going back to the uh, the way that people have been playing this year. And um, I think if you look at the standout titles that have launched uh, in 2020, the ones that have really dominated Steam in particular, uh, Fall Guys, um, Among Us, phasmophobia they're all multiplayer um, experiences mm. shared experiences you know phasmophobia with the the haunted house britain's m- most most haunted four guys takeshi's castle 
um, and Among Us, which is Werewolf. I think you know people have, have have been using games to play actually very traditional forms of games, but uh, you know um, embracing their technologies. I think that's really interesting. I'm, we're actually probably going to see a whole rush of games come out 2021 uh, that will try and uh, capitalise on on uh, that sort of thing. We've done that as well. We've done that as well in our office. If you think about it, normally we'd be together, and on a Friday afternoon we stop work at four thirty. Members approve this, so I'm not saying anything too controversial. But we sit there and we, we play games together, and we invite people in that we don't know. It, it's not always been a hundred percent participation from the UK team when they do that kind of. But now we're online doing it, and we want to engage with each other. We're all doing it. We're all playing these games together ourselves. I think some teams have been able to to flex and really go with it and and enjoy it. And I think that's been a really positive thing. So, who's the most deceitful in Among Us? That's an interesting question. Uh, we have people that claim they can never get into the game, and then suddenly they're in there and, and killing everyone <laughs> about it. Uh, we we um, recruited a new financial controller called Katie this summer. She's incredibly mischievous, but she's in finance, so I think that's pretty much what we expected, isn't it? Joe said now, she I... was uh, going to bring you all into VR via a Quest Two. Uh, oh yeah, to... the um, yeah yeah. She was. I think she's feeling a bit sheepish about saying that though, because the company investing in Oculus Rifts on behalf of all of its staff might be seen as being a little bit um, uh, misuse of UK income. But no, sure enough, they are Office Kit. We're now starting to do meetings in it. It's 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 working all right. It's working okay. Yeah, not too bad. We're doing a bit of rec room stuff, and there's all these kids coming up pestering you. <laughs> you have to get into your private rooms to avoid all of them. But yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. What do you think uh, 2021 holds then, Sam? Uh, I think we will see, and we're seeing it already, uh, just on a business side, if you don't mind me going through that. Do it. Um, we've seen an awful lot of um, other creative industries struggling a little bit, and and investment and funds are coming into the games industry because it's seen to be a success story or uh, been certainly not been seeing a downturn this year that encourages me to think that there's going to be a lot more money coming into the games industry next year for expansion which means teams doing really creative new projects they're already working on them at the moment there's a lot of companies recruiting uh, which is kind of bucking the trend all we hear is brexit's going to lead to disaster but most of the studios we deal with are recruiting more people it's really positive Hopefully, they will, as you said, look at some of these multiplayer games and try and build more into that. But if you look at the next-gen consoles, there's a high percentage of those coming through UK studios. So, you know, our, our aim is to make the UK the best uh, to make the UK the best place to develop and publish and play games. And I think next year we have an amazing opportunity to really push on with that. So I think the UK talent is going to produce some amazing content next year across all different platforms. So I'm excited on the content side. What's the first event that we're going to be back at, would you say? Yeah, well, I'm getting lots of emails saying come to GDC in June next year. Um, I, I would imagine our first event would be Gamescom in August, I would imagine. Um, we could do a visit to China in July. That's There are already live shows taking place, participation pretty high in these shows. I can't see that many people wanting to go to them, I think, in the short term. You know, how would you feel, Simon, if I said, right, I'm organising a trip to China in, let's say, June, July. Do you want to come with me? Sam, I would go anywhere at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly <laughs> Okay, well, that's it then. That's done. We're well, going to see you there. Yeah. We're in July. We'll go do it. It's an amazing show. I mean, getting to China is amazing. I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, I've never been. It's and yeah, after this year, you know, just even the simple things like missing Missing it, missing a Dixon's at an airport. I ne- I never buy the headphones, Sam, but I do run my hand across them. While I'm yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> I look, think you'll be able to do that. No, I won't be. No, You've got to be so careful with that. Like. <laughs> that's true. So finally, Joe mentioned that uh, mm. that you were um, looking after the UK Christmas quiz this year. <laughs> well, someone's got to. So, do you, is, is this a first for you, or, or you? No, no, I do it. Well, actually. There's a couple of different quizzes that we, we, we run. We run our, our own little team activity, which hasn't happened yet. That's on the 18th. We get divided into little teams and we play games against each other. And some of them will be online video games and some will be online charades and the like. So that's pretty good. Uh, I, don't, I don't get involved in that. Other people organise that. Uh, I just turn up and try and win all the games, which is, it's, that's the kind of person that I am. But I do organise a annual quiz for the Yuki board members. So 
the UK team and board normally, after a board meeting, there's 26, 27 people on the UK board. It's a big old board. But some of the most senior and reputable people in the games industry uh, let their hair down after a board meeting. We, we go to a, a pub with them, a restaurant, and have a, some nice dinner. And I do a quiz. It's much easier to do a quiz when people have already, you know, fill up on food and drink. Mm. The audience is somewhat more receptive. So on Friday, um, just gone, I um, did that quiz online. Oh, okay. And so, uh, so how many um, how many rounds? Uh, there were four rounds. What were they? To try and, well to try and make it a little bit more personal. I asked uh, the board members and the Yuki team if they could send me an interesting fact about themselves. Okay. Which I then built into a, um, you know, one of one of these three options is the correct answer to this weird and wonderful fact. And then also, as you get a lot of this uh, pet stuff, you know, people turn up on cameras with pets, you know. Not, not me. Big, not, yeah, I'm not necessarily a big fan of that, but everyone loves a pet. So I also did a, identify the board member from their pet, <laughs> you know, as we know. Dogs look like their owners, so <laughs> no, it shouldn't be that difficult. Okay. So we had a couple of rounds of that, and then a couple of um, true Christmas things, so uh, lyrics from Christmas songs and anagrams, just to keep them uh, on their toes. So uh, the contents of the quiz, were they, was it confidential? Mm. Well, there was a couple of facts in there that I will not be repeating on this call. So, And, and someone did say to me, is this going to be recorded, and is this Chatham House real so that we don't share them afterwards? But uh, one of my favourite facts was that... Uh, a a current UK head of one of the top three publishers in Europe ended up in hospital after a fight at chess club got a bit out of hand and she got a chess piece in her eye. I mean, I just these are not the kind of things you expect to hear about very senior people in the right. game. So I enjoyed that one. How long ago was that? <laughs> should, we watch, <laughs> yeah. should we be watching the Queen's Gambit? It got straight off yeah. the chess club. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's a games industry chess club, so I'm assuming it was uh, somewhat uh, okay. childlike. But yeah, no, I mean, it's great when people are prepared to sort of share these little yeah. things about themselves. Who who looked most like their dog? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Rob Cooper, I think. <laughs> looks, looks pretty much like his dogs. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm prepared to put that. I don't think he'd um, mind too much if I said that. Okay. Uh, so there weren't any... Um sort of game-related rounds then? I was going to wonder if you could ask us some questions. We could join oh, in the um, No, I mean, the only thing I am doing game-related, uh, this might be a little bit controversial, so I'm not going to give you too many details, but um, I am running a sort of World Cup. I say I'm not doing anything for next Friday's team thing. I am running a little a little quiz in that as well, uh, where the Yuki team have been sending me details of their favourite biscuit, film and video game, and then we're doing a little knockout World Cup like Richard Osman does whenever yeah. there's a real World Cup on. And some of the video games that people have put forward in that are pretty scandalous, I have to say. Um, my own personal favourite, I know you've got a little review section, I'm not going to do a review for you, but um, Group One Jockey from Tecmo Curry yeah. is the, my favourite video game of all time. Wow. So, uh, so I put that in this. The problem is everyone knows it's my favourite because I go on about it all the time. Sure enough, that got knocked out in the first round. Absolutely terrible. What are your predictions then for the film? Uh, was for it the film? Yeah, film's interesting. There's a lot of sci-fi fans in there. I imagine Blade Runner is going to go a long way. Um, Inception is in there. Interstellar, Star Wars. They're they're in the quarterfinals, so I'm sure some of those are going to go all the way. Biscuits. What's your favourite biscuit? That's a very good question. My uh, my 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 daughter um, describes uh, her favourite biscuit not by. Uh, what it is? It's a bourbon, hmm. but where she normally normally where she normally gets it. So it's called a messy play biscuit. <laughs> um, I enjoy that. Oh, I, right. I would say that's my favourite because it keeps her quiet. I have to say, bourbon is definitely up there as one of the globally recognised leading biscuits. It was <laughs> not picked by any Yuki team member at all. I mean, we employ what sixteen people. Not a single one picked a bourbon. Right, travesty. Terrible. I think the hobnob might win. Okay, what, plain or chocolate? It's a chocolate one in this case. Of course it is. Votes early on, so I think that might go all the way. Right. Nice, all right. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on, Sam. (laughs) Um, Good luck with the the quiz on Friday. Do keep us posted on the results. What are your your Christmas plans? Ah, so uh, I don't... um... I don't ever remember hosting Christmas, ever, in my entire life. I always travel to family. 
but this year I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to host a Christmas myself, just with me and my two kids here at home on Christmas Day. I will be going to see members of the family, but I will be socially distanced in the garden. Uh, my kids are at um, big colleges and big universities, so they probably can't be trusted to mix with all the old people. So <laughs> we're going to be keeping distance. So I'm, I'm going to be in gardens at people's houses for Christmas. Whether they like it or not. Well, I mean, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> well, they've agreed it. I think they're hoping to get some presents, so that's a small price to pay. I'm sure they'll be sitting in the house, though, keeping warm, eating, you know, eating and drinking sherry, and I'll be outside in the cold. But, yeah, that's me at Christmas. Brilliant. Well, listen, have a fantastic time, won't you? Thank you so much for coming oh, on the show, brightening it up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, all the best uh, for Christmas and the New Year, and hopefully we'll see you in 2021. All right. We've got a few more Yuki team members to get through, so maybe next year, you know, do a couple at a time. Honestly, we will take anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Sam. All right. You take care. Cheers. Bye. We are back. Uh, you are listening to One Life Life to Resonance 104.4 FM. By now, you will have heard the news section and you will have heard a brilliant, brilliant interview with Sam from Yuki. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining us during that. Wasn't he brilliant? He was very good. Always a pleasure to speak to Sam, isn't it? And uh, yes, uh, brought joy to the show. It's just a shame, as I say, that uh, the listeners could not see his face and his baubles. <laughs> That is that is very, very true. I suppose we should get on with the letters. Email, messages and forward BCC One Life Letters. All right, I've got a letter here from Chris Conroy. Uh, Chris writes, Dear team and festive SSG, I've recently been revisiting and in some cases rebuying some old Games Workshop games. HeroQuest and Space Hulk hold fond places in my heart and are good to play with the kids, and I picked up the PC adaptation of Blood Bowl cheap in the last Steam sale. The latter is an authentic version of the board game rules and takes a lot of the busy work out as a result. It also mirrors the Games Workshop business model by selling different races as DLC. That's a different issue. With a rich catalogue of games to choose from, it's always seemed a bit strange that they've not made more direct adaptations. There's dozens of third-person action games set in the Warhammer universe, but sometimes all you want is a digital version of the tabletop games. Do you have any favourite adaptations of physical games, Games Workshop or otherwise, or any that you'd love to see remade in digital form? Your Chaos Cultist correspondent, Chris Conroy. Well, the one game that I am surprised that there is not um, an offline version of it, or actually a more user-friendly version, um, is, uh, I believe it's referred to as the original deck-building game, and it's a game called Dominion, um, in which uh, Jonathan Smith, friend of the show, a friend of ours as well, uh, got me into many, many, many years ago, uh, almost actually about 10 years next year, I think, Um which we started playing, and we've bought all of the expansions. Sorry, we had bought all of the expansions, and then the inventor said that he wasn't going to release any more. So we're like, okay, that's good. And then he did. So we don't own all the expansions now. But um, <laughs> in fact, jo- Jonathan, who's, who's who's a better man than me in almost every way, uh, showed sorry, not even almost every way. Um, he uh, showed that um, the, the the best way to carry your collection with you was in this flight box that we bought from Maplin with the foam inserts you can pick out and so I've got a big flight box of all the all of the cards uh, ready to play now it's a brilliant game that's always evolving and um, has a number of systems within it that, that's, that fit effortlessly within any new card or new feature that um, he comes up with um, in the expansions it's just an extraordinarily well designed game um, that, that, that uh, you can play in many 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 different ways uh, the problem with it is that it's loads and loads of cards and sometimes mats and sometimes tokens. Um, and whilst there is great pleasure in sitting around a table uh, with the cards in your hand, um, at the end of every game you've got to put the main deck back in and pick out different ones. And all it takes a little bit of time. So you would have thought that an online or a computer version of it would be... Um, 
would, would tick all the boxes. But sadly, uh, there's only so there's no app version. There's no Steam version. The only way that you can play Dominion online is uh, is uh, via a web portal. It is official. I subscribe to it. I pay a few euros every month in order to access all of the cards. Um, but it's it's not very uh, intuitive. Um, the experience is sort of sitting around. You know, so, so you have to have a Zoom call running side by side in order to get the same sort of experience out of it. And and. All together, it's just sort of really rough around the edges, and I just absolutely cannot understand why there is not an official, proper, well-rounded version um, that would integrate other sort of social, you know, video cameras and stuff like that, so you can pull it all together under one digital roof. What about you? <laughs> right. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a really uh, well thought out argument uh, in depth and. Uh, I learned a lot. For me, it would be kaplunk. <laughs> That's all I've got. I, um, I, I do think this is interesting, though, Simon, because it speaks to what you were talking about earlier, that there's, uh, this year this kind of trend seems to have been taking those social multiplayer games and bringing them into the video game space where a lot of them have profited. Things like Among Us, although obviously that wasn't this year. It was two years ago, as previously mentioned. Uh, and uh, Fall Guys uh, these breakthrough games what about like other board games what games could we uh, brainstorm here on One Life Left that we could take into video games and suddenly make our fortune and the first thing that um, sprang to mind was Kaplunk I don't think anyone's done a good digital version of Kaplunk I don't think it's a very good game honestly but you know most good games have gone so we'll take what we can get (laughs) So the one life left version of Kaplunk will be out next Christmas, will it? <laughs> we'll take what we can well, get. DLC. Yeah. Good. Well, obviously, if uh, any other letters. Yes. Uh, ben Hall writes in. Hello, team minus Anne, and possibly a super special guest. I miss the old days when you had about three features on the show. As it seems that Sega Badawi has gone into hibernation this season, I thought I should pass on a feature idea I've just had. Lord Charles Cecil births, marriages, and deaths. In this feature, Baron Charles Cecil logs onto a World of Warcraft server and tells you the newest character created, the recent person to have joined a guild, and the latest death. Obviously, Marquis Cecil is shouting through a bedroom door. Do you or the listeners have any other <laughs> ideas for features? Maybe the listeners can send them in. Cheerio, Ben. Uh, P.S. If Steve gets a confession booth for the next Nordic Games, does this make him the hot priest of the video game industry? What do you mean, make him? Of course, you're the hot <laughs> priest. I get my vote. Now, um, come on, Ben. We had the, uh, the the sad news this week that uh, Barbara Windsor died, and um, mm. this method of finding out that celebrities are dead via Charles Cecil um, has become so ingrained in our house that I woke up uh, and my wife said, if only we woke up in, we were waking up in Charles's house this morning. I said, who's died? <laughs> I did try and get hold of him. <laughs> I did try and get hold of him to, um, to ask, uh, to ask him to announce uh, Barbara Windsor's, Barbara Windsor's death, which I was going to cut into the start of the show, but I couldn't get hold of him this weekend. And also I wasn't <laughs> sure whether it'd be in good taste or not. I mean, obviously it's a terrible shame, but it's quite funny that you've got Charles Cecil announcing it. And then I was going to, what I was going to do then while I've got him was I was going to get him to announce the deaths of uh, people that are quite old and just, you know, get them in the bag. Um, so, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> and now talking about it out loud, I'm pretty pleased that uh, that I was unable to get hold of him. Uh, it's a good idea, though, Ben. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a brilliant idea, Ben. Uh, thank you so much for that. I would love more features, uh, more things that we can drop into the show. And if anyone out there wants to provide a 30-second uh, to two-minute long feature for us, then please talk to us about it. We'd love to have it uh, in the show. Uh, and obviously, Ben, we would love to have Sega Badawi back as well. So if you know how to get in touch with them, let us know. Great. Thank you very much for your letters this week. Um, as ever, keep them coming. Uh, and uh, you could do that by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Steve. <laughs> right, Simon. <laughs> All right, so tell me about your experience. First, how did you get it onto your PC so you could play it as soon as possible? 
I, I preloaded uh, Cyberpunk off GOG, um, so I can't remember whether I mentioned this in a, sh- in a show previously. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I pre-purchased. Uh, I had my Russian friend over this time round. Actually, he's he got into PC games, and so he he bought it <laughs> off GOG in Russia. It's only twenty quid. Um, I know, wow. I know. And uh, yeah, I was I was. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because. I must be able to play as soon as it launches, as soon as it's available. Like get it preloaded. So um, the preload happened on Tuesday, I think. And it, yeah, it went it went very well indeed. Like great. When when can I play it? Midnight. No way. I'm going to bed because um, other games previously, what's what's happened is there's been like a rolling release dates globally. Uh, whereas what um, CD Projekt Red did was just go. It's it's going to work. It's going to unlock the same time on PC midnight uk time so i was all ready to go uh, i fired it i played 20 minutes thursday morning what about you so i had it all ready to go on steam came to midnight steam crashed so for about 15 minutes no one could get uh, anything uh, you would go to the steam client and it would just reload a blank page and then eventually everything sprung into life and immediately it made you download a six gigabyte patch and then at the end of that or or sorry midway through that it had to uh, start to decompress the files and it became clear that this was going to take I don't know like at least a couple of hours so I went to bed didn't play it until the following day who did you pick um I picked uh, so I didn't find, <laughs> as always in these uh, character creators, I begin by trying to make myself and then I abort that halfway through because I think it is crass and embarrassing and then I decide what character I'm going to play. Um, I decided I was going to play a corporate sleazebag um, and design myself to look like the sort of person I would see uh drunk and off their face on class A drugs in East London in a suit uh, late on a Friday night about 15 years ago. Someone who I would be who I would be aggrieved to have to spend any time with so why not actually control them for 80 hours in a video game. Uh, and that's what I did made, made that guy. Um, I assumed I would be able to change my character's appearance later in the game because it's a cyberpunk game and what is more cyberpunk than reinventing yourself well um dexter was very pleased that uh, you could put um the other other genital on on <laughs> on <laughs> on your on your on your other gender if that makes sense so he found that very funny that he was able to mess around uh with that which again i i, I believe is the whole point of cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, I, I started mm. off as a nomad. Um, so, uh, and, and actually, I paid so little attention to the character creation that I missed the option to um, customise your genitals. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm assuming that I'll be able to go back and I... customise my genitals, will I? Everyone has always, everyone has talked about how good the character customization is, and it does look great. But actually, I thought the customization options, aside from the genitalia, were quite weak. Uh, it didn't offer you a great range of uh, haircuts or to, ways to shape the bone structure or all this stuff. I thought it was genuinely pretty limited, uh, but it looks gorgeous, um, including the genitalia. <laughs> what are you? Um... So you're playing it on a PC. What graphics card have you got? Uh, GTX 970. Okay, how did it run? Fine. Like, I don't pay any attention to this stuff, and I haven't messed mess with the settings at all and wouldn't understand what to mess with if I'd even gone into it. But it seems to be fine. It seems to just be running okay. I'm sure I'm missing out on a lot. For example, I've noticed that the mirrors in the game don't actually reflect stuff. I assume they do if you've got a fancy, fancy card. Uh, but maybe they don't. Maybe that's the cyberpunk future that mirrors have been replaced you're thinking of, um, by things that are You're thinking mirrors. of Vampire the Masquerade. Right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've not noticed um, any things that I would ascribe to being on a lower grade of graphics card. Uh, I just assume it's adapted to that. 
but I have seen bugs. Mm. And that's what the internet's been talking about, right? They've, well, I think they've been talking about two things. One, that this game is not ready for release. That it's clearly, clearly full of bugs and in some senses game-breaking bugs or bugs that break the uh, illusion of being in the world. Uh, and the other thing they've been talking about is, is this any good or not? Um, so I guess let's deal with the first one first. Have you had, uh, have you met any bugs and what do you think of the sort of state of well, the game Well, you know, I feel very fortunate in that, well, I have only played maybe four, five hours. I've just, just got past the Keanu Reeves introduction. Spoiler. Um, and I, I, you know, I've had the odd graphical glitch here and there, but I have to say, it's been it's been uh, reasonably straightforward so far. So, no bugs from me. Not complaining. What about you? So I've not got as far as you have in the game. I've only played it for uh, a couple of hours, and yeah, nothing really that was certainly nothing that's been game breaking, and nothing that was wholly unexpected from a video game of this size. I mean, I've noticed some pop-ups. Sometimes the lip syncing fails. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been all right. I have a great deal of sympathy or, or empathy, I guess, for anyone working on a game of this size. You cannot possibly test for what millions of players are going to do uh, in a game where every choice uh, leads to a slightly different combination of circumstances it's basically impossible to have a robust QA process you've got to rely on the feedback and the data you get from those millions of players so the first round of, of, of play the first sort of uh, couple of weeks is always going to be beta testing um, and my experience so far has been pretty positive I thought it's genuinely much more slick than I expected yeah I mean I'm playing it on uh, an RTX 2060 get me and honestly it's gobsmacking I think the mm. um, yeah so far it looks like they have created um, uh, yeah one of the most uh, sophisticated in-game worlds so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm looking forward to cracking on some more of it. I have to admit, I've got no idea what's going on. Um, but, you know, <laughs> hopefully that will become clearer over time. Uh, so from... The thing that really surprised me, uh, I think the thing that you've just said there about the, the world, um, it, it the is the animation and the acting uh, of the characters, I, I've I've never really seen anything on that level in a video game before. It, it, the people seem plausibly real, and the delivery of the lines and the you know the the actual script um, so far seems absolutely excellent, like really 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 good. So I've been super super impressed with yeah the world and the delivery of the story. Although like you, I really don't understand what's going on. Well, hopefully it all become clear over the weeks. Uh, but for now, my score in progress is seven out of ten. What about you, Steve? My score is also seven out of ten. Although <laughs> the reason I've only played two hours is because it's so intense. And there's so much going on in it, like, all the time. You have to think so much. And honestly, uh, I've got these upgrade points, and I'm kind of bewildered by the number of options that I have there, uh, that I've gone back to playing Minecraft. <laughs> there you go. That's a hearty recommendation, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the weird thing was, I was playing it the other night, and the server I was on just got taken down <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> just like a little threat warning appeared on Very screen. <laughs> Stay away from my dad if you know what's good for you. So, um, so yeah. I know I'm genuinely gone back to Minecraft. I'm actually loving that as a simple thing to do uh, while I'm in this immense amount of dental pain. But I will go back to uh, to Cyberpunk because I'm very, very interested in the stuff that that is causing people problems right now. I've noticed there's a schism in the the reviews. There are people who love the game. Uh, and there are people who hate it, but the people who hate it seem to hate it because it's not what they want it to be, rather than it is what it is. They are hating it because it's not GTA, uh, and because it's an RPG uh, where, yeah, sometimes you have to unload a full round of bullets into someone's head in order to kill them. Um, uh, that's a very sort of RPG conceit, but people are expecting more... Um, I think sort of fun Call of Duty GTA style gunplay, and that's not the purpose of the game. 
but they're disappointed and they've been building it up in their heads for you know seven years hoping it is this one thing instead it's been this other thing uh but i mean i you know i i haven't played it enough to <laughs> to understand so seven out of ten for that and excellent time. right i think we're running out of time steve we're gonna have to say goodbye hastily Yes, we are. All right. Thank, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much to our guest as well. Uh, thank you.